Toy Power Podcast is a free podcast made possible by the support of our awesome Patreon sponsors. Head to toypowerpodcast.com and see how you can help. Welcome to Toy Power, the podcast where we talk toys and everything pop culture. G'day, it's Trent here, and it's wonderful to have your company today for episode two, three, two. This week on Toy Power, it's all about reviews, 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 reviews. We've got Revelation, Black Widow, and Loki. Joining me today in the Toy Power studio, we've got Frank. Well, hi, hi. Ben. Bloody man is back. <laughs> and Darren. Great to be with you, everyone. All right, we're, we're going to kick this one off because it's so exciting, and we know Darren has probably just been waiting, what, from from the 10 viewings you've had of it already <laughs> to now. It hasn't been a long gap, but you've been waiting all that time to talk about Revelation, Masters of the Universe, Revelation with us, which dropped on Netflix back on the 23rd of July. Um, they dropped five episodes plus a Kevin Smith kind of behind the scenes interview with some of the voice cast. How did everyone watch it? Did you space it uh, out? No. One go. One go. <laughs> I think I think it's very important we say it now. We are spoilers right from the beginning. Oh yeah. Do not do not keep listening if you don't if you haven't seen it, uh, we're giving you a week's grace from the sort of release date of uh, yep. Revelation. So please uh, if you do not want to be spoiled please pause it and uh, come back another time. Definitely. Yep. So in saying that, uh, I I couldn't help myself. As soon as it dropped at 4.30 p.m. on Friday <laughs> afternoon, we were all in lockdown, and I'm just like, you know what? See you later. Beer in hand. I'm going to binge the hell out of this. And I think the last episode I had to stop and then watch after dinner because uh, just, you know, that, that food eating process time frame got in my way. Uh, but aside from that, uh, freaking, oh, amazing. Darren, what about you? How many, uh, you, you would have spaced it out over the week. Is that is that fair to say? No, I finished it um, all in one go. And, you know, um, had a hell of a lot of fun watching it, actually. Um, you know, roped my parents into watching it too, actually. Um, how many times How many times have you watched it? Yeah, that's right. That's as of as of time of recording, I've only seen it once so far. No, um, but I'm hanging to see it again. Hanging. Yeah, I definitely I definitely binged it all. Um, yeah, I talked Ali into to watching it. She lasted till about episode three uh, before she fell asleep. So, but don't take the, her word for it. Um, <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed it. What about you, Trent? How'd you go with uh, with the boys watching it? Yeah, so we st- I started watching it four four thirty pretty much dropped uh, cracked it and um, boys came in watched it we had a dinner break and all that sort of thing bedtime we got up to the final episode so I watched that after their bedtime and then rewatched um, it again today with with the kids so they got to see the conclusion and they said play the next one i said well there is no next one that's it like that until they drop sort of the next batch that's you gotta wait like you know it's not all on demand sort of stuff but like look it is to me we we knew it was beautiful animation we knew talented voice cast story um in my opinion hit 99 percent of the mark a lot of 
really clever fan nods and and some some reinterpretations, but it carried on the story in a mature way. Um, you know, some like really thought provoking scenarios. Yeah. I thought yeah. some really yes. like you know, and and we I said there was spoilers straight from the start. Yeah. Like Jump you in. know, the fact what if I say uh, by the power of grayscale when I'm already He Man? Like that just blew my head. <laughs> you know, that is fan fiction one hundred and one. Like, yep. you know, oh. <laughs> Yeah, well, look, I I loved it that it was it addressed something that has was in literally every episode of the vintage cartoon. The very fact that Teela, you know, um, Adam's closest confidant, and uh, was the only one not in the know. Uh, Randall, okay, sure, he didn't know, you know, that it was his son, but you know, Queen Marlene was one of these that she never sort of. Uh, Darren, correct me if I'm wrong, but in the cartoon, was she ever? It, it, said that she implicitly that she was aware that he It's implied in the formation episode the Rainbow Warrior very strongly that she she knows that him you know yep. um, she basically says to Adam that she's always been very proud of him. Um, he, um basically to give you a very quick um two second recap of that, she rescues Adam first um when um the heroic warriors are being held at Snake Mountain and, and he asks why why she chose to, to rescue him first and not one of the others that, you know, would stand a better chance of, of saving the day, if you will, than than him. Right. And the the answer she gives it she basically knew that he would be able to handle it, that that um she's always been very proud of him and, and she knew that it was in capable hands. So it hinted hinted right. very, very strongly very strongly implied that she she that a mother always knows, I guess, yeah. her son's secrets and mother's yeah. intuition exactly, right. and that she could recognise, rec- um, she could see what Randall and others couldn't see yeah. in in Adam and He Man, and, yeah. and that this solidified that. If there was any lingering doubt in anyone's minds, it confirmed it, and and I've just felt with that scene that they'd they'd really done their homework. They they yes. knew the the franchise so well that you know, because we're talking about one episode. Yeah, you know, that was a that was know, a very long two seconds, by the way. Um, <laughs> it's looking two seconds, Darren. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, I love that they addressed that straight off the bat, and that uh, I love Teela's reaction as well because you would be pissed. This is like you know not knowing that your friend is like the biggest celebrity in the world secretly in in another life, and you'd of course you'd throw down everything you know and go screw you guys. I'm I'm out of here. I heard I've heard some fan feedback where they go, why would she yeah. just abandon? the family i'm like no i'm i'm exactly in taylor's boat that's how i would have reacted in that scenario i i took exception to that reaction like i didn't like it in that in that you're 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 about to be appointed um captain of the guard or you know the new man at arms right she had been appointed yep and you're getting like in you're a military leader, no, no, yeah, but, right? Okay, in, so, in military, yeah, go on. in military, I'm just going to let me finish. Yeah, in military, yeah, yeah sorry, go on. secrets and in secrets and confidence and keeping things for the greater good of the mission. I would have thought she'd she would understand why the secret was kept more than than just taking it as a personal betrayal. I get it if it happened to regular folk, you might react in that way, but to happen to a strategist and and man and I'm just yep. like, well, you're a master strategist. You you should be able to see beyond the the personal emotional context of the situation that no, it, it was okay. kept secret for the protection of the realm. Oh, yeah. I can, think... can I, I think I, oh, Darren, hang on, I need to, yeah. I need to yeah. say this. <laughs> yeah, um, please do. I, <laughs> right, I think um, 100% Trent. I agree with you, but you're not uh, taking into account that 
Adam and He-Man are dead now, right? Yeah. They are yeah, dead. Yep, yep, so you yep. need to take that into account that it, that even the emotion of holy crap, they've been hiding the fact that I'm, you know, an alternate um, superhero all this time. It's not just that. It's the fact that the emotion of, oh, my God, I've lost them. I've mm, lost sure. not one, yeah. but both of them, right? So it's that emotion of, uh, you know, not thinking straight, not anything because they've just, you know, seen someone die. Yep. Yeah, right? yeah. And and in in a regular context, her general personality would kick in and be like, okay, I understand the logistics why you didn't tell me, but because she has lost her you know childhood best friend and the hero of Eternia to you know in death, that throws her whole emotional well uh, thought process out at uh, at a whack, mm. and that's why she acts so uh, you know. Out of, out of um, character. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. I was about to say the same thing. The lost grief and trauma of of witnessing arguably two of the people that she's closest to in that trumped everything that she went through. Um, any PTSD of actually seeing them die in front of her um, trumped, trumped everything that, that um, in terms of military training and anything that, that humanity came through. And for me, that, that sort of sold it. You know, she she's a... She's got all that military background and all that, but she's a person first, and and she grew up with Adam. They were, you know, best friends slash like siblings, you know, part of the family, and and he's not there to to argue with over the, why didn't you tell me or or blame because he died. So lash out at the people that are still living. Yeah, and and that's because fine, she- and and I, I get that. One one observation which I found for the first, like, and I loved I loved this series, right? So don't. It was just one one gripe I had. You're, you're, you're starting off, this is a continuation, right? So you're starting off with the filmation. And filmation is, it's almost 40 years old, right? Mm. It, it's done in a very different tone. Yep. It's, it's a very different era. So you need the progression, right? You need this gravitar. You need these feelings and these emotions. But it, it really hit home, like particularly, like so you had Teela's reaction, which was one thing. But then you had Randor's reaction as well. And like he's lost a son he didn't know and and but he basically exiles Man at Arms, who at this point, like my my Randor and my Man at Arms is all coming from the filmation. Mm. They're put in this situation where he's died. And now he's he's gone penalty of execute. Are you hearing words like you'll be executed if you come back? That that was great and great storytelling. But it, it, it kind of I didn't know how to process it because I had all this it's because because you're a good guy i'll tell you what that was that was all underpinned by struggled by guilt and and shame and and loss and grief as well because of how he treated that and when he was alive he treated him as if he was absolutely ashamed of him him, and he he didn't didn't know the truth see yeah, he didn't see it like uh, the mother's intuition. Exactly. Did, like Marlena. Yeah. And also it showed, it, it built up to it very beautifully as well. When He-Man, came, sorry, when Adam came around and gave Hela a hug from the back and Tila's like, no, 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 I can't give hugs and things and turns it into a battle. And then she's like, I know this is not uh, appropriate and gives Man-at-Arms a hug. So mm. they're, they're building that. You're not allowed to have emotion in this, yep. you know, yep, the role. You mm. are above emotion. You are a soldier. First and foremost, you cannot have emotion. You just need to, you know, do what's right for the attorney and, you know, palace. Yeah, for the realm, yeah, for, for and, and now all of a sudden they can't help but have emotion and they're just acting to the, you know, to a way harsher degree than they sh- probably, 
you know, normally would. All right, moving on. No, wait, so another thing I need to... Oh, sorry, Frank, sorry. So I was just... You're getting so excited. I know, I know. I figure the only way I'm going to get in here is if I put my bloody hand up, but it's like back <laughs> at school. Um, or you sort of buried the lead, or you didn't bury the lead. You went straight into it by saying He-Man is dead, and one of the things that shocked me, apart from that itself, is the sheer amount of death in this series. There's, by my count, at least five characters who snuff it over the course of the series. Now, because you're dealing with with magic, of course, there's you know hell if they can bring back people after Thanos has snapped, then this should be a piece of cake for for yeah. He-Man and his friends. So you know, uh, we lose Moss Man. I think is the first to go. Um, Orko cops it, um, which actually got me in a little bit of trouble because I thought uh, my wife fell asleep, as I was saying, when she watched it. Uh, and I thought she'd seen Orko die, and I kind of blabbed uh, at one point, <laughs> saying, like when Orko died, she looked at me and goes, you what? Did you just spoil it for me? I was like, okay, I'm going to go now. Um, <laughs> um, so that was funny. Um, who else? Uh, Roboto, of course, yep. right yeah, in the finale. Man, yeah, yeah I mean, Skeletor died, and and the of course the very very cliffhanger is that apparently He Man seems to die a second time. Just if you like it, so he's basically the you killed Kenny of this. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love when uh, He Man gets stabbed. That Skeletor comments like, "Oh, you're actually using your sword for once." <laughs> I just thought that was so brilliant, and yes. just little quips like, "Oh, it's, he's um pine fresh." Yes. Yes. that was so good. Like, ah, oh, just that is that is fan service. Like, yeah, you know, don't oh yeah, just beautiful, beautiful. So. Um, any other characters? What other characters stood out? Oh. Like, what did you? Who else I, did you love? Can I shout one out? I think they were fantastic. They were all well rounded. There was a lot of emotion in a lot of these characters, like we've already talked about a bit. But I just loved Roboto. Like I loved that he was kind of like a man at arms persona in a robotic form, and his and some of his comments out, but his death sequence where he was like, you know, oh. I'm feeling and I don't yeah. know, but it's a miracle that I'm alive and what a what a kind of way I was built, you know, is is just a wonderful thing. And and I feel it, it just really touched yeah. me. Like Yeah. yeah. That yeah. was amazing. Watching it a second time, I really felt uh sad like when uh He Man got He Man and Skeletor were fighting and they got stabbed and things like I felt Teela's <laughs> passion right mm. there. Yeah, and her it pain, was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Darren, who was your favourite character? I'm a huge Adam and He-Man fan, so that they're standouts for me. But I thought Teela was really well done, and and I really liked um, um, Andra. I found Orko really quite moving too. I know that probably won't be a popular opinion with everyone because everyone wants to, to you know make fun of Orko. But I found his story arc really moving. Even before he died, I sort of had that sense that he was going to because he, you know, he he didn't look well when when they sort of find find him at Man at Arms' place. He didn't look at all well. And and he talks to Teela about those days being, you know, the best years of his of his life. And, and I found that he, really, yeah. really Andrew, moving. Andrew about that. Yeah, Andrea, sorry. Yeah. I Andrew, found that on their boat, yeah. Yeah. I found that really moving. Uh that you know, that conversation. So for me I uh, find that very reflective. Sorry, Frank, I find that very re- reflective of us now. You yeah. know, if we don't rem- if we don't write down the things that we did when we were, you know, 14, 15, <laughs> 21, 22, you know, now that we're uh, in our 40s now almost, like it's just a blur. Yeah, yeah. but see, these you know, days we, we the kids talk. will kids will have their phones, and it'll all be everything they do will be on TikTok for the rest of their days. That's like. true. 
but yeah, I, I think you're right, Ben. I think that was what Kevin Smith was getting at. He was sort of, you know, trying to make Orko very relatable to us because he's the character that people often criticise as adults the most. I'm trying to make him, him, you know, more accessible and more relatable because, you know, we're all, all at that age where we're starting to feel that way. Mm. You know, Frank, what is your favourite character? So, look, I had I had sort of three to, to at the risk of sounding like Darren. Um, I loved uh, Andra being – is it Andra or Andrea? And- Andra, Andra, I think Andra. Andra. sure. I loved her because she was the audience, right? She was the fangirl who, like, oh, that's hero. Oh my god, do you know who this guy is? Like, <laughs> she was the one who was almost, if it needed a bit of exposition, that was her role. And I thought she was great. I felt largely, with a few exceptions, um, she was the funniest person in the room, which I think yep. the series needed a little injection of humor at times. Um, Orko that we've spoken to for all the reasons that have already been said, uh, you know, he's gone from that real snarf slash Jar Jar Bing's character and they've made him just almost the heart of the show, which I thought was an amazing turnaround. Um, he went from a character that I couldn't care less about and annoyed me to now I really care for and, you know, I upset my wife when I told her that he died. Um, yeah. But uh, the other standout for me in terms of performance-wise was Evil Lynn. Uh, yes. Lena Headley, she was so good, and you know you you understand why she travels with the heroes for much of it. And then that line right at the end, where Skeletor's come back, she goes, "Oh, I'm gonna miss you, kids." Like it's just yeah. the, the twist. Oh, I almost um, started to like She was it, amazing. Yeah. She was amazing. Yeah, yeah. All right, a few for me that haven't been called out. Uh, I freaking loved Man at Arms. I thought his just journey was fantastic. He went, you know, exiled at the start, but he mm. kept showing up in times of crisis and he, he just owned it. You know, he was just a powerhouse. I just freaking, he was awesome. Uh, Beast Man. Oh, he was freaking wicked. Just so <laughs> raw and things, you know, you see plenty of vintage characters running around without any armor and things. And you're almost like, oh, they're just junkers, you know, now, you're bringing them back out and being like, well, Merman wasn't wearing his armour in the future. Yeah. Beastman yeah. wasn't wearing his armour in the future. You know, like, they're now more raw and things. They're more, they may be in touch with their environments and things. I just, I love that. And certainly in touch with the kids that lost their armours. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I just, I just think 80s. that's fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Just, that's, where, that's where my mind went anyway. And Beastman was just a, 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 you know, just a powerhouse as well. But um, no one else has called out Triclops. Like, yes. evil, you know, monarch. Megalomaniac. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's yeah, great. yeah, like that. Finally, that, you know, that. push of magic versus technology. Yep. You know, yep. he is the embodiment of technology taking over. And mm. I just. One of those cult like. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Just amazing. I, uh, freaking awesome. He was always almost the background to Skeletor, you know, powerful now that he's got the cult like status and just. I thought that was fantastic. You know, he can make new villains at the drop of the hat just by drinking drinking out of the uh, magic fountain. <laughs> yes. Like, oh, very cool. And, and All though, right, moving on to the sour... Sorry, go on. I was just going to say, though, what that led to was some great character designs, you know, Whiplash with this, you know, what looked like an electric ball on the end of his tail and stuff and, and Trapjaw looking not, even not more... Not to mention Snake Mountain. Yes, yes, Snake Mountain's upgrade itself. Like, in terms of the toys, that just to speak briefly to that, the toys from this line that will excite me, it's the ones where you get, the, you know, Teela with her new sort of haircut and stuff, you know, taking what you know and you go, I know that's Trapjaw, but damn, he looks different. 
I want those figures. Give me those. Yes. Yeah. That's what I thought about Beastman. I want a naked, raw, bigger than life, you know, 2000 X style size Beastman. I just thought he was awesome. Let's get a Beastman Uh, and take his armor off. (laughs) I need to paint, need to give him a mohawk starting eyebrows and going all the way down the back. Uh, All right. uh, Moving on to the territory of dislikes and issues. Anyone got any concerns? We'll start it off with Trent. Oh, look, I think I touched on my, my biggest one, which I can get over and it's not a problem. And, you know, I know, Darren, yeah, I, I remember you, we talked about fan reactions and the fact that someone said, oh, He-Man dies in the first 10 minutes. Well, and he does. Yeah. Well, and, actually, and it wasn't quite that early. But... Well, it, it, 20, you know, 15, 20 minutes in, but like, you know, he goes ten, pretty ten early. 10 minutes, Darren time. Yeah. <laughs> he, he goes pretty early and there is a, a long period without him. And like, I didn't. I didn't mind that. I, I'm fine with that because there were, pl- you know, masters of the, it's masters of the universe. It's a yep. broad roster. And it gave, like we, I think, kind of talked about at the time, other characters their chance to shine. What happens in the absence of Skeletor? What happens in the absence of He-Man? Where, where does this all go? And I think you needed that. But what I think they peppered in beautifully was some flashback sequences. And I love those. Yeah, I love, yes. you know, the, the sequence with the boat yeah. and, and Merman yep. and that attack and the sequence going into Snape. And they tied in. They tied into to the stories that were being told. I thought that was really, really clever. But I love seeing He-Man being He-Man, being the optimist, because there was a lot of darkness and a lot of, um, you know, change in, in kind of style to filmation, right? The, the, the probably, uh, and again, it doesn't really bother me because there were so many homages or so much research was done on this so it was all done with love but it was interesting the way they approached Praternia and Subternia for that matter you know they've taken concepts of Subternia which was made which has been made famous in other incarnations and particularly with the Mike Young productions with it being a a place underground and Praternia being set up very much in the comics and the mini comics to be the 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 past and it's a time which still is acknowledged as the past there, well, but it's it, also it made, something it, well, else. I think it's more now. Yep. Heaven. You yeah. Know, it, yeah, it, it is heaven. more heaven now. And, cool. and, but, and sure, those things come from a past. Um, but it was, it was. Diff- I would have loved to have seen Eero and King Grayskull, like we're seeing now in the in the comic series, where they yeah. do a bit of the time travel and go back to the past. I was expecting it to be more like that i didn't mind the take once i'd seen it play out yeah. and the emotional threads with the whole you know this was your prize for being the champion of eternia you're giving that up like it, it added a weight to the it added a tremendous way i loved it um yeah, yeah. and that's fine so it's not necessarily a criticism because i think what they did with the story made sense for the story yeah but in and, and i guess like you say down preternia still exists it was still something that happened in the past um, and it was an interesting way to see all these characters united. But it was yes. weird because they're in they're in heaven as mortals. Roboto can die there. Yeah. I, I just found some of that stuff. Okay, well, if Roboto dies there, what happens if Teela and He-Man went off the cliff? You know, she <laughs> shot out a grapple hook and went around. But if they fell off the cliff, would they have died in heaven? I, I got a bit confused. The, the Care Bears would have come to catch <laughs> them. Yeah. The... Uh... Uh, King Grayskull riding Bionatops. Oh, yeah, I, I love that. that. <laughs> oh, I almost spilled some body liquids. Uh, that one, uh, no, I had no idea um, you felt that way. <laughs> oh, I was just, I, I didn't know I needed to see that. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I, just that, that, just, you know. Well, I got I, really I excited when mum recognised Hero. Oh. Nice. Like, there's Hero, and I'm like, 
Mum, you're a legend. And in, yeah. in that in that same scene, the uh, the flying discs that was a that was a throwback to the movie, correct? The '87 movie, or were they? Did they appear in the animation? They, I believe that it, it's a throwback to two things. It also appeared in the pilot episode of the 2002 cartoon, which I believe was probably a throwback to the '87 film, right? When it yeah. appeared in that, yeah. Yeah. so I think it was probably a tip of the hat at those two things. Because when that appeared on screen, Ali couldn't understand why I just burst out laughing because she's like, "What? Yeah. They're flying discs? So what?" I was like, "No, no, but that's that's ah, oh, don't There's worry. There's a history. There's a history <laughs> yeah. in the franchise. But that was yeah. what was so beautiful about it. So yeah. much peppered. You've got you've got Hero, you've got King Grayscar, you've got Wonder, Vicor, you know, all, yeah, all in lots this. lots of nonce. And I thought it was absolutely awesome that, in their words, Adam chose his lesser self. Oh, that was so so good. Yeah, because it? it's just like, well, that's, that's a true hero, isn't it? That mm. he's, yep. There's no hubris. Yep. So very touching moments like that. And the peppering, I mean, like that intro, just the intro with all the form art the and just like the work, Skeletor yeah. on the throne with evil. They, they used all that. <laughs> I know. And then they, they went into like quotes from the movie. Like, I know. Because oh, he who he who controls Grayskull has the power to be a mar-. You know, like, I'm yeah. like, oh, this is, it's just pulling from all directions. It's exactly, so from everything. The research. And, and the nods to the toys as well. We talked about, you know, um, we've talked before um, about Snake Mountain, the net, and, and you know, some, some of those things and, and the creatures. But, you know, even, you know, the sticker from, from your Castle Grayskull playset is in, inside Castle Grayskull in here. It's just so many nods, as Trent mm. said, from every direction of, of the franchise and every iteration that you could think of that, you know, everyone's done their homework beautifully, in my mind, beautifully. Yeah. Um, absolutely adored it um, for that that love and passion for the franchise. You know, what more could you want? Um, I'm really, really, really excited, you know, um, by how they got the characterization right. People might criticize what happened to He-Man and Adam, but I think he was written so well. You know, as we said, you know, he... he was his lesser being. He makes the sacrifice. He gives up heaven and perhaps his only chance to be in, in paradise, in, in preternia paradise, to come back basically to do the right thing, to save his friends, to save the eternity of the universe, whatever. You know, um, he makes that sacrifice um, that, that so few people would if given the chance. I just thought it was just beautiful. Mm. You know, um, that, that, that is He-Man, you know, and across every incarnation, true and true in my view, or Adam, you know, um, you know, you can say about how little screen time and that, but every time he was there, they just nailed the character. Yeah. And the performances, I think, from everyone was, was absolutely first class. So Mark Hamill, I thought, was wonderful. Yeah, yeah, he was wonderful. Look, probably just to briefly touch on, you were talking about dislikes. Um, just too short, to be honest. Like, yeah. I would have rather have seen a 20-episode a season split into two parts of 10 as yes. opposed to 10 split into five. Like, five just felt not enough. And look, the way they, they obviously wrote to that and you have the big, you know, Skeletor God thing at the end, and which, again, kind of spoiled by the toys with that. Like, we, we speculated yep. as to how much of a spoiler that was. I really wish I hadn't Massive. seen that toy yeah. because seeing him lift the power sword, say the words, and then just be this towering thing. I was like, oh, that was a moment. And that got yeah. ripped away because of the, the silly yep. toy reveals. Um, yep. So, yeah. that's. But other than that, like, when does part two come out, though? I didn't know a date had been announced. Darren's mum's birthday. 
<laughs> we're waiting till May. <laughs> we're waiting till May 18th then. If that's yeah. The like, oh, no, it's, oh, all I'd say is it's got to be a Friday because it seems to be when Netflix stuff jump, it drops. But, you know, I, I wish it would hurry up. I'm just hoping that we get – I don't know. Just just wanted to mention very, very quickly as well while I'm thinking of it. If um, people watch the after show party, um, we saw Jason Muse mm-hmm. talking about a hashtag more – um, M- more MTOU if you want want to see more Master of the Universe revelations, you know, so people get that trending, get that hash- hashtag trending more more MTOU because um, we need it. Yeah, so just doing a quick Google, there doesn't seem to be any clear consensus about when part two is going to come out. If it was a matter of weeks, if they sort of, you know, did this one here and then by August or whatever, we're kind of, you know, watching more of it. I've got a bad feeling that, that, be- that we're waiting a while for this one. We might even see the other He-Man cartoon debut first. Yeah, spacing it out. I yeah. don't mind a bit of a wait because yep. we talked almost about space, you know, like we, we've been, and none of us were going to be able to resist having yep. five episodes sitting there and spacing them out over five weeks. Like it was never going to happen. No, yep. it was never going to happen. You're going to have gonna, to cut my gonna, internet after right. each episode. Right. Make You're always going to watch it all. But but what, what the gap does do for a lot of other people is it just spaces and draws out the experience, yep. which I think is useful for toys. Like the longer that they're in the pub, like if it's just one and done and, and you've consumed it all and away you go, it's just not in the consciousness for as long. I think sure. spreading will just help toy sales. And just yeah. Well, look, hey, I'd be very happy if it was five to six weeks or even two months away. I've got a feeling it could be much, much, much longer. But, right. But, um, but I'd be absolutely delighted if that was sort of the scenario that we're looking at. Uh, because, yeah, I can't wait to see where, where the story goes next. So mm. good. All right. Unfortunately, uh, through the wonders of Zoom, we have lost Ben. Um, hopefully, he can rejoin us at some point. But, um, look, we've still got uh, a couple of other things to talk about. Any other sort of final thoughts before we move on to some of our other reviews? Darren, you do have to keep this to two seconds, mate. Um, what are we, what are we, now that we've seen half the story, what are we hoping that some sort of high points that could come in part two. We might start with uh, Trent on this one. Well, I, clearly this is going to be a, um, you know, Skeletor battling, you know, the the, the remnants, right, of, of who's left. We've got a bit of fracturing going on in terms of the royal family, Man-at-Arms, He-Man. I think there's going to be some arcs resolved there. I think we're going to see some more of the, the masters of the universe or the, you know, the heroic warriors, if you want to call them that, Fisto, Clamp Champ. We saw them in the battle, but hopefully it'll expand to that and hopefully it'll be this sort of reconciliation story between i'm hoping adam's not dead for a second time but a reconciliation <laughs> between teela randor man-at-arms and, and and that but clearly with the objective of trying to defeat this new ultimate power darren what are you what are you hoping for in uh, gonna, part two i'm going to stick to three points that i'll articulate very quickly so first of all i want to see what kind of ruler skeletor is um i think that'll be fascinating to see him with unlimited power I want to see how they bring Adam slash He-Man back. I'll be fascinated to see how that plays out, whether he really is dead, as Trent said, whether they have to go through all that again. Um, and I'm really hoping for my friend Leanne Hannah that we see some Stratos this time because I know <laughs> that means a lot to her and he didn't get any love in, in part one. Yeah, so. absolutely. Stratos, Stratos was going to be one of my calls. Uh, you saw just about everybody else. I think I think Ram Man's the... Well, considering we've seen Blast Attack for crying out loud, to, to be missing people like Stratos and Ram Man, you sort of go, oh, that, that doesn't sit well with me. Um, but yes, yeah, so I'm very curious to see Skeletor, the uh, omnipotent god, and just Evil Lin in particular, one of my favorites, how 
that sits with her and what she does about, you know, potentially, you know, being the duplicitous good guy, bad guy sort of thing. Um, uh, ben, just before we move on to Black Widow, mate, welcome back. Uh, sorry, if it's not uh, COVID lockdown, it's a bloody power outage. Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> anyway, just, uh, just the luck of my life. Mate. Right, it's great sorry. to have you back, though. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It's great to be back. So we... uh, sorry, where, did we, where were you up to? We're sorry? just basically wrapping on Masters before we move on to the other subjects. Basically, what are you hoping for with the next uh, episode drop? What are you hoping to see storyline-wise? I, 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 man, this has surprised me, the whole preternia thing, everything that's going on. I'm, I hope Skeletor, sorry, I hope Skelly God is not a one and done scenario. I hope he sticks around for at least, you know, the protagonist for, you know, half a season or something. Mm. Uh, so maybe, you know, see out the last five episodes of that. Uh, I hope we see some more characters, you know, many faces, Ram Man, uh, Spycor and uh, Clawful were a, you know, glimpsed at the start, but of course that was only Skeletor and Evil Lynn in disguise. Uh, you know, just just a, more of the roster of characters. Uh, it's fantastic to have seen Scare Glow and stuff. He was absolutely sensational, but, you know, there's still a lot of my favourite characters in there to see. Uh, one other point I wanted to say is before Scare Glow, when they see uh, the decapitated head on the character, the armour looked like the faceless one, mm, if you, if yeah. his armour. Good call. So I thought, oh, is this the faceless one? And, of course, you know, it was Scareglow. So uh, that was kind of cool. One of my – got two gripes that I didn't quite – I got cut off before we got to me. Uh, was uh, Castle, Castle Grayskull, the facade transforming into a regular building. That sort of destroyed my whole – you know, thought of how awesome Castle Grayskull is. You know, I, I, I want to I want to keep believing Castle Grayskull is, you know, it, it, that's just one little thing. And Merman needed more of a bubbly voice when he talked. <laughs> you know, that's... Uh, well, he had Kevin Conroy's <laughs> voice. It's a pretty good substitute. He did it well. I think the voice is great, but I was exactly the same as you, Ben. Because yeah, yeah, you you you've got something in your head, and when it's different from that, you're like, oh, like even Man at Arms. Like I love um, the Sir Davos from mm. Game of Thrones. Like it's fantastic, yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Like, but just the kind of like that really thick Scottish accent just threw me initially yes. because yeah. what I what I had in my head, mm. nothing taken nothing taken away from the performance. Like absolutely yeah. brilliant. But just different. Like that's why I thought, where's Kevin Conroy's bubble? I want the yeah. bubbles. I need yeah. bubbles. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Just on uh, the Castle a... point, um, yep. the Hall of Wisdom that goes back to the old um, kid stuff book and record and cassette. That was, you know, that the Hall of Wisdom is covered up by Castle Grayskull. That's essentially so that, that they pulled it from there, and it's an interesting take to take because it's a pretty obscure reference and i'm not well, wasn't in, sure when i saw it how to see it in, in my head canon that that building fell down and they rebuilt it into castle grace yeah you know what i mean <laughs> i do I, I, I don't like that it's a it's a um hiding of something underneath anyway yep. that's you know a very minor gripe and i'm glad they didn't you know dwell on it because hopefully that's the first and last time we'll see of it but whatever <laughs> uh did we get to a rating uh, we haven't Not done yet. the rating yet. No, uh, right, Ben, I'll we'll start with first. you. Solid 19 out of 19. Nice. Darren? I'm going to lock in uh, 19 with Ben. <laughs> Trent? I'm going 18, like, but bloody brilliant. And... and the kind, like I, I'm not one for repeat views these days, and I could watch that 
again today. I could watch it again tomorrow. So that's yes. that gives yep. it a really, really high rating for me. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I got to go eighteen as well. A um, couple of little. Uh, some of the the jokier moments that were meant to lighten things up didn't quite land for me. Um, but other than that, you know, as you said, so much to watch uh, on a second and, and third sort of run through. Yeah, yeah, very cool. All right, all right. Moving on, what have, what have we got next? We've got the uh, Black Widow cinema movie. Uh, so yeah, that came out a few weeks ago to cinemas. It got delayed. For a very long time, mm. but it more than once came out. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, so, oh, uh, before we get into it, uh, of course, who, how did everyone watch it? You know, was it a cinema viewing, or did we stream it at home? Uh, what did everyone do? Starting off with you, Frank. So we did the uh, Disney Premier Access. Uh, we did talk about, um, you know, going to the cinema and stuff. Um, I mean, the, the financials on this kind of interest me. You know, one of the things we typically do with these movie reviews is, oh, how did it do financially? And whilst I do have a figure for you, I, I don't know that that's the, the, the full amount into it because I imagine there would be a huge plus. revenue stream that goes straight from Disney Plus straight into Disney's bank account and it's not sort of counted by all these your box office mojo websites and stuff. Um, so, no, we streamed it. Um, you know, bought it on on day one, and yeah, got it uh, got it sitting there to watch again. What about yourself, Darren? How did how did you go? Um, I was going to go and see it at the cinema. I was actually looking forward to catching it at the cinema, um, and then sort of things sort of changed. And I didn't make it when it first came out because stuff was happening, you know, outside of you know you know within my life and you know outside of that and family stuff and that. So I didn't didn't make it. And then I was going to go and see it, and then we went into lockdown. So I streamed it, um, Premier Access way. Um, and, you know, well, it's not how I would have normally probably proceeded with it, but it was, you know, it was an enjoyable experience. It was something a bit different uh, compared to what I'm, I'm used to with, with a film, I guess, um, in terms of how I watch them nowadays. But, you know, yeah, no, look, you know, that's what I did. Mm. Cool. And Trent, you haven't seen it? Haven't seen it yet. And and part of it is like probably to Darren's point, wanted to see it at the cinema and didn't get a chance early on and then the lockdown hit here, so can't see it. And I feel a bit weird. I, I love going to the cinema. Like I yeah. like I just feel weird downloading it when I know it's gonna be available in a couple of months on the Disney network anyway, or or down the track, who knows, you know, how long. I just feel weird paying 35 bucks or whatever the price is for it when Leanne's not going to watch it. No one else in my house is going to watch it. I'll just go to the cinema. Hopefully we're out of lockdown soon. I'll go see it then. Um, and that is part of the reason why I haven't seen it. I just feel a bit weird, yeah, paying full price to watch it on my you know, Netflix subscription. Yeah. But that's just me. Yeah, and that's a fair point. I felt a little that way too. That's why I haven't done it with any other film. Um, I only did it really because that kind of had a monopoly on it because we were in lockdown. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I streamed it at home. Uh, we would have taken the whole family to go see it during the school holidays, but we felt that uh, the Toon Squad movie, the uh, Space Jam Space 2, Jam was too, a more yeah. family-friendly and a more exciting film to watch as a family. So we went to that as a family, and then uh, we watched the Black Widow at home, and the kids still haven't seen it, so it's just re and I that saw it and re uh, my wife said, uh, was, you know, quite uh, open to the fact that wow, she was so much better than she thought it would be. So that's that's a positive, a step in the right direction. 
so standout characters for Black Widow. What's what's your standout character, Frank? Oh, look, it's got to be uh, Yelena, her sister. Like she was an, an absolute scene stealer. Um, uh, I guess uh, Trent, how, how are you sitting with spoilers, mate? Are we prepared? Oh, go, just go for just it. Just go. I, these things are probably relatively straightforward yeah i mean it's i'll still enjoy the experience yeah cool i mean look if i had to summarize the whole movie it's 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 one of the better james bond films in in that sense it 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 does away it's not a a, an avengers level you know cosmic threat or any uh, crazy special effects going on uh they're not fighting grimace with a a bejeweled uh, hand and stuff um I I thought it was really a really grounded movie overall. Yeah, standout characters Yelena. She was. I mean, let's be honest. They're setting her up to be the new widow now that you know Scarlett Johansson is probably going to retire from the role. Um, Red Guardian, of course. Um, David Harbour, wonderful. He was he was your comic relief guy, um, and he was uh, he was a delight to uh, to to watch on screen. Darren, what about you? Who was your who's someone who stood out for you? Uh, easily the sister, like like you said, um, absolutely loved her in it. Um, you know, she was a revelation. I think not just the character, but the actor as well. I don't know that I remember seeing her in too much before this, but um, maybe that's maybe I have, and I just don't remember. But um, yeah, thought thought she was excellent in it, and you know, one of the absolute high points of the film. The uh, sister was great, but it's got to be the uh, Red Guardian for me, David Harbour. I, I thought he was freaking awesome. I love he was the, great. Uh, you know, the whole dad bod. Look, I still <laughs> fit in my suit, you know, like because uh, yeah. yeah, I just think that was just brilliant. And how you know his whole uh, shtick was the good old days when I used to fight Captain America, you know, and uh, giving yeah. arm wrestles in prison and things like that, just uh, to. To, you know, pass the time. Now, with that, can I just shout out that that scene yep. in the prison, where yes. and then there's the big guy who comes up and yes. and he's like, "Oh, here's the grizzly bear." That is it. Now, you might recall a few uh, several Marvel Legends waves ago, we uh, had a bit of a laugh at one of the waves' expense that talked about Ursa Major, who was basically a giant grizzly bear. Yes. Um, yep. That large guy in the film who goes with the arm wrestle and ends up, you know, losing, of course. That uh, I believe the character his name that is actually ursa major's human form if you will um and so he's actually a that character's class as a mutant and so the actor who played him has been getting around saying i played the first mutant in the in the marvel cinematic <laughs> universe ha 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 um and i'm like yeah but you got your arm broken mate so let's not uh let's not champion that too much um what about the scarlet witch though She's a mutant. Well, see, that's well. D- depends what they do with the whole Magneto thing. You know, is Magneto really her dad, and yep. and all those yep. sorts of things. But anyway, I just okay. thought that was an interesting, yep. interesting little tidbit. There were a couple of other little nods. There was Crimson Dynamo gets mentioned in there at one point, um, who is a legit Marvel uh, villain. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, yeah, I, I really liked how, as I said. It's a bit of a James Bond film overall. It's very much a James Bond film. And, yeah, oh, sorry, with... I just remembered Taskmaster. Yes, Taskmaster to me was freaking fantastic, and this was a bit of a gender bending uh, character swap. So uh, I believe the uh, character in the comics is a boy, as a male, yep, and this time as a female. But and that's a bit of a um, surprise, you know. Oh, look, it's a girl underneath, but mm. you know, uh, in the film. But 
I actually prefer the movie version look that we saw on the screen than the skull-faced uh, version of the comic books. Oh, this from, a, this from a big, uh, a, uh, a big Skeletor fan. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I just the, the it just worked. Yep. You know, the whole tech Agreed. vibe, the whole vi- seeing through a visor, everything like that, it just really, really worked really well for the movie and thus, you know, capturing that surprise element, oh, look, it's a girl, which wasn't really a big surprise. But uh, yeah, that's still, right. It just worked really well, and and I thought she was very very well done, and that she, you know her whole mimicking fighting moves and things, you know, like she'd come one on one with someone, and then all of a sudden they couldn't beat her after that because yep. uh, all the moves, the fighting technique, very very well done. Yeah, so that. it's a great way to basically mimic uh, uh, Taskmaster's um, skills from the comic. That is his his shtick yes. that he can yeah. do that. And so they've again the Marvel Cinematic Universe is very good at taking what seems like a silly comic booky power. And making you believe it exists in the real world, and that little, you know, being the tech angle and analysing the moves and stuff, I thought that was uh, brilliant. You're right to your point, Ben. It was pretty obvious halfway through the film that was what the the reveal was going to be when they take the helmet off. Um, uh, Who yeah, cares? you know, it exactly, it worked. Like, oh, and I, I don't, I don't care. You know, the funny I thing, lo- I thought she was an awesome character in a, in her own right, whether she was a boy or girl. Correct. And the funny yeah. thing is that that reveal actually harkens back to, um, actually Avengers One. I think there's the scene where Black Widow is talking to Loki, who's trapped in the circular sort of prison designed for the Hulk. And, you know, Loki's trying to get in her head. He goes, can you wipe out that much red from your ledger and starts listing off all these bad things she's done. And one of them is Dracoff's daughter, which is a big part of this film where, you know, she goes to kill this bad guy, Dracoff, and accidentally as part of it, collateral damage is the daughter dies or so we think sort of thing so i really love that that was one of those tie-ins because you sort of thought how is this a uh it's a, a story that's told i believe in between uh of uh, age of ultron and avengers infinity war because at the end of this black widow film she has the the blonde bob haircut um so i love that they were able to tie that in really well that's where the jacket comes into play. The jacket. How good was that? Catch. Like, yeah. And oh, all these pockets. Look, I can. Yeah. Pop everything in these pockets. <laughs> just, you know, that was a, a nice little throwaway gag. She's like, wonderful. That, you know, just yeah. Helped help the movie out of a serious, you know, rut. Yep. But at the same time, made sense for the all, overall story arc of the MCU. You yep. know, Which was uh, just great. And even though you know it was very um, tongue-in-cheek uh, sarcasm. Uh, the, the sister thought it was just that jacket was the bomb. Like, yeah. That jacket was just this is my favorite you know, thing. The like... best, of the best. Yeah, it's the first <laughs> thing I've ever bought. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Any any issues with the films? Darren, we might start with you, mate. Ben and I have talked for a fair bit now. Nothing really springs to mind. I really enjoyed it. Um, it was one of those things I was wondering about how I'd feel about it because it's obviously it's set in the past because we already know what's happened to Natasha in in um, you know um end game but um you know i thought they did a great job with it i love the bond vibe it didn't feel like any other marvel uh, mcu film i'd seen before which i think was really really smart and clever at this point you sort of you don't want to recognize a formula and you certainly don't want to recognize it as an in-house you know you know let's make you know the entire franchise with that same formula so i, I really liked it for its uniqueness I, I don't really have a lot to fault with it i don't think yep 
Yeah. Yep. I think you, you sort of touched on one fault there, though, that because of the setting and because it was delayed, you knew what happened to Natasha at the end of it. Like, yep. ideally, if this movie had come out, uh, I think even between Endgame and Infinity War, that would have probably been the ideal spot for it because yep. you know when she shows up in Infinity War with the blonde and and the 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 jacket, you sort of sit there and go, "That's a bit of a, a an alternate look." And then to get the follow up to be, "Hey, this is how she got to where she is." And then in, in that the end of Black Widow, she's off to fight in the Infinity War. So even yeah. that would have been cool, but. Her going, oh, I'm, I'm off to, you know, rejoin, get the Avengers family back together, just rang a little bit hollow knowing that she she dies at the end of it all, basically. Yeah, yeah. So Yeah, and just rolling with that sort of uh, theme, I think uh, the my only gripe was not enough, uh, you know, ties into the larger Marvel Universe. Like, there wasn't, you know, the end credit scene wasn't, really a big oh wow look we're gonna see this new character and things you know because because it was sort of past tense we've already know that character from uh falcon and the winter soldier you know so i just i i, I needed a little bit of easter eggs and maybe i might have missed some easter eggs but they what didn't you know they talked definitely talked about uh being in america and fighting with the uh avengers and things like that and you know being on the side of Captain America and being anti Iron Man and things like that, but I just needed a little bit more ties and things like that. Uh, that was probably my only little gripe with the film, but it was beautifully done as a standalone film. And if they couldn't release it for another year or two, it wouldn't still wouldn't be out of context. Yeah, in yeah. my opinion, so they yeah. did very well in that sense. I think you're right. The uh, the post credit scene was. Uh, Kevin Feige was quoted in an interview saying that was about the only thing that he thought the pandemic really hurt uh, yep. as far as other than obviously the release date. But, he, you know, that was designed to come first before, before what we Falcon saw. Soldier, correct, yeah. what we saw in See, Falcon that, and the Winter Soldier. That, that had happened. I, I think I would have felt differently about that uh, sure. end credit scene. I just felt I already knew, you know, yeah, for the first time it didn't reveal anything to me yep. that I didn't know already. Uh, rating out of 19, lads. Start with you, Darren. 17 and a half. Yep. Yeah, look, I'd probably... Um... I'm I'm a notoriously high marker, so I'm I'm gonna go eighteen. Like I, I couldn't think of anything that really faulted it. The, the 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 having family at the core of it is always one that really strikes home to me. That's why I love my turtles so much because family is a central aspect of that. And this and this film had that families come in all sorts of weird, you know, Russian sleeper agent uh, sort of formats. <laughs> so yeah, eighteen. Mm, yep. Yeah. I'm gonna go seventeen. I thought it was a damn solid film so very very good all right last topic of the evening we have a review spotlight on loki and of course loki was eight episodes on a weekly schedule uh from disney plus and we'll start with you frank uh what did you think of loki um i think of when you're talking about this Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Scarlet Witch, this is 
probably number two vying for that number one spot, to be honest, uh, in terms of the overall uh, feel. Just to clarify, what what would you vote number one? I oh, look, uh, division hands down. Um, I, I thought Loki was a real good contender, and some people would, you know, sort of have different opinions on that, obviously. Falcon and the Winter Soldier is a distant third. As much as I enjoyed that show, it was very by the numbers. Uh, Loki still had that real sort of lost vibe to it. You didn't quite know what was going on. Why are we here? And and the first two episodes were a bit of a bit of a slow burn, and then it sort of really really kicked off. Um, I mean, it was shorter than the other shows. The other shows, by my count, were were ten, at least ten episodes, whereas yes, Loki was true. was only the eight. Yep. Um, I, but I thought it was really good. The performance-wise, you know, Tom Hiddleston was was on point, and I forget the female um, Loki's uh, the actress's name, but she was uh, she was pretty impressive as well. Um, and, and pretty impressive the fact that she just uh, sort of given birth and she had to uh, you know nurse a newborn. Oh yes, you I know, did see that, some of those behind the just, scenes shots. Yeah, that is just a credit to uh, her, you know, dedication in itself. So definitely, bravo. Absolutely. Uh, Trent, we might hear from you, mate. What did you think of uh, Loki? You can hear me over the rain. It's just bucketing down here. But, um, yeah, I I loved it. I loved it. And I think what you spoke to in the um, Black Widow review, that there's no formula, right? You can go to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and be surprised, and that is brilliant because I think partway through the journey of the MCU for me, it did feel a bit formulaic, and they've definitely gone away from that, so it's so unique. Loki's so unique. I think um, brilliant performances, but quirky. Uh, it had that um, Brazil. Brazil. I love this film yeah. by Brazil. That yeah. Terry Gillian film, which has that kind of um, bureaucratic side to it. Um, but I guess Kang being kind of the big bad that I, I know a little bit of him, but not a lot. I think it's a very clever opening up for the for the future of the MCU. I think he's going to be the next Thanos. Oh yeah. Of of the new um whatever the next phase phase 4 or whatever you call the the next yep. one. Yep. Um so that so, was probably yeah. my only gripe with the uh, Loki film wrapping up in towards the end. I knew nothing about that character. So this big, you know, build up to this uh you know crazy powerful character, I didn't understand his level of power and things so i'm very interested to see where he goes you know moving forward so i can get a better grip of uh you know his power sets and his you know what he can do in the universe so everything up to that sort of that last episode where i didn't feel i got what everyone else got uh you know i i was in it i I loved it i loved the not knowing what's going to happen next uh, you know, for some episodes, it felt like a whole episode of just talking. Mm. And I was completely okay with that. Yep. You know, it was just fantastic. So love those first intro episodes where you're just wondering what the hell is going on. You know, who are all these Lokis? You know, the <laughs> fact that a crocodile Loki is now, <laughs> yes. you know, part of the number one, uh, you know, demanded figure in next Marvel, uh, Marvel Legends. You know, it's just, it just blows my mind of what, you know, they can do with this, uh, you know, series. Well, we so true. Aaron, what do you think? Look, I loved it, and um, the toy collector in me felt like I was being spoken to. It might have been written by toy collectors. Is I love that all these alternate versions of Loki's are called variants. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's very so, much. So you are now okay with? The- <laughs> <laughs> I'm now okay with. 
the military turtles. <laughs> no, no, I didn't say that. Um, oh, right, right. But they're variants. <laughs> they are variants. I just lo- love the language. I love oh, how that was worked in, into it. Coincidence <laughs> or whether it was written by, by toy collectors or not, I just thought it was wicked. Um, no, I haven't I haven't become enamored with the, the military turtles. Not yet anyway, but um, that's okay. Frank's got more One than love. So, love so military turtles are too much, but, but a Loki crocodile is okay. Come on. Absolutely. Be, be consistent. Absolutely. <laughs> well, at least they worked into the story. I mean, that makes it <laughs> But yeah, uh, no, no, I thought it was a lot of fun. I love the, I love the female Loki. I thought she was a real high point and I loved her performance in it. Um, you know that that actor is just sensational in that role, and um, she really Tom Hiddleston was is always always hits the A game, but you know I felt there were, there were times when she stole some of the scenes that are in together, and yeah. and and that is pretty hard to do because he's such a consummate actor that, that not too many people would be able to do that. Owen Wilson was the one that surprised me. This is a guy who's known really well for his comedic sort of, you know, space cadet type roles. And yep. here he was as a, a serious agent in a in a, an awful 80s brown suit and with and with a Tom Selleck-esque mustache. Like, how does those three things gel? I that's thought he was... That's of casting against type. Correct. You just, you that's exactly right. That can do it, but... Is not an obvious choice yep. because no one's ever seen them do anything like that before. Yeah, and I, I thought he nailed it. Like he was, uh, he, he was did. a bit of a scene stealer for anything. And there's saying to steal a scene from Tom Hiddleston, that's that's saying something. Ben, would you buy him a Mother Legends figure with him riding a jet ski? Oh, absolutely, hands down. Like there is, <laughs> there is a, a, a an, an ordinary uh, figure of him. Doesn't come with a jet ski, but. Hell, make it. Do you know what we need? We need a Legends wave that's all Loki variants and the jet ski is the builder figure. You watch that fly off the shelf. That will fly. I I love the fact that we saw that, you know, 70s, I don't know how old Loki is, 60s, 70s, 50s even, I don't know how old, but that, you know, that really retro-looking Loki Loki variant, you know, and that was totally fine. You know, he just owned that role. And the role of uh, Loki, you know, defeating Thor, you know, so he's all beefed up and stuff. It's just so, so good. Uh, apparently you saw the uh, frog Thor. Yep. Yeah, one yeah, of the, the jars. jars. <laughs> yeah. Just yep. uh, deep cuts, you know. If, yeah. I'm sure if you watch this series numerous times, you'll just continue to find more and more Easter eggs in it. Uh, just absolutely sensational. Uh, I love the, the fact that they're realising how – old the uh time very you know the time variance report people are you know that they're just variants of other mm. things so you know you're just questioning everyone it's just building on questions and you know ah, oh, it's just great very cool uh, any dislikes or anything we uh had issues with nope <laughs> probably what Frank mentioned actually that we got less episodes to yep. build it out because yep. I think they probably could have there were probably times when things felt maybe a little rushed and it could have been a little more more developed Drawn or out, fleshed yeah. out but yeah. but having said that you know um you know that, that's a small criticism it's still a great series well I think the flip side to that is the end credit scene of episode 8 of course was the announcement of a season 2 yes so I think uh, you know, sort of levels out that concern, and uh, you know, I will be lining up to watch a new series of Loki as soon as it drops. So, yep, same uh, here. Yeah, fantastic yeah. series. Uh, I what, love the. Let's go yeah. around and sorry, 
so I was just going to say, I love the end. I love the ending mm. where Loki comes back to see. I think it's the um, it's Owen Wilson as Mobius and the hunter tracker character, and he's explaining everything that's happened. They're like, "Who are you? Some yeah. kind of analyst?" And he's gone to a different, like a different alternate reality. And there's the you know the statue of, of um, yes. King. Yeah. There, which would, yes. I just thought was, just, was yeah. so much in keeping with that flavor of oh, what's happening, what's going on that that very um, lost yeah. kind of vibe. And and just on that, I just remembered. I love it when they're you know he's being processed at the start, and uh, the guy opens up his uh, drawer, his pen drawer, <laughs> and there's just infinity stones, oh. like to, you know, just all, all all the colors of the rainbow. <laughs> yeah. They're using them as paperweights, just. It shows the gravatar of uh, what different people see as, uh, you know, precious versus Absolutely. You know, just. If... I just I thought that was fantastic. Uh, rating out of nineteen, boys. We might start with you, Frank. Um, I'll admit there were times where I struggled with this show, and it wasn't until I sort of looked back on it and just went, "I, did you realise that the final episode was." 85% of three people talking at a desk, you know? When, when you think about that as a finale, for typically of shows like this, they're meant to be climactic, and oh my God, there was a bit of a sword fight. But other than that, it was people talking, and I didn't notice that until... Yep. It had. I sort of thought back on it afterwards. I was engrossed with what was going on. So, in that respect, amazing performances, amazing uh, writing. Um, oh, look! If I if I gave, oh, it's got to be eighteen again. Like I just, uh, as I said, a couple of a couple more episodes to you know to get it to that ten. A bit more character development would have got it to nineteen out of nineteen for me. Cool, Trent. What did you rate it? Uh, yep, eighteen for me. Loved it. Yeah, cool. brilliant. Darren? 18 for me as well. I'm going to give it 17 just because I, I I really lost the gravitar in that last episode of who how powerful and things. I was I just I just didn't get it, you know, mm. and, and unfortunately that's just me not knowing the deeper history of Marvel, so my own fault. But um yeah, I'm very I might change my mind once I know more about the character in uh the upcoming whatever Marvel Universe decides to release. Yeah, so, and I think... I'm very excited. It's a very interesting thing with Kang because, like, I think the next time we see, I think it's Jonathan Majors in the role, he's going to be totally different because guess what? That variant, that version of Kang is dead. Sylvie, like, stabbed him. Yes. So yes. when we see him, he's probably going to act totally different. He's going to be full villain, um, it, which it, he'll probably be, I think, Ant-Man and the... Airman three basically is his right, right. will be his big debut, and he'll be full villain then. So I think what we're seeing now is almost a little bit of a teaser for um, you know the Kang role. But you're right by by not using the word Kang, and it's very interesting. You look on uh, say even Marvel.com, and they're all like, oh, find out more about you know what is it, uh, He Who Remains or whatever the yeah. name is. Um, but then they they go to great pains to not call him Kang. Um, which I think is a bit of a misstep because he's wearing the colours. We know he's been cast. Um, yeah, I totally get how that felt a bit, rang a bit hollow for people who didn't didn't know who he was. Mm. Yeah, yeah, anyway. Mm. All right, anything else, guys? Any shout-outs or anything? Boy, it's a good time to be watching TV and movies, isn't it? Like, good thing, sure you know, like, well, yeah. On that point, probably a shout out to Dave's Video Graveyard. He's going and and doing, you know, the I think because there's lockdown here in South Australia mm. and, and other states, 
across the country. Uh, Davey's got all his kind of previous guests, and he's got a lot, right, uh, to put out a shout-out for the lockdown movies. So if yeah. you want to check out Dave's Video Graveyard on Instagram, you can see some of those recommendations to give you some ideas. So a lot of cool movies coming along there uh, to check out. Fantastic call-out. All right, Darren, wrap us up. So t- um, take care and stay well, everyone, wherever you are in the world, and, um, you know, get through the lockdowns if you're in them um, as best you can. Take care of yourselves and, and your loved ones. And until next time, good journey. You can find the Toy Power team at all the usual online places. Facebook.com slash Toy Power Podcast at Toy Power Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram or have your say and email us toypowerpodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to the show on both iTunes and Stitcher and please leave us a review. Otherwise, we just assume we're awesome. We are a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. Check out all the awesome shows on this awesome network full of okay people. Want to learn more? Go to giantsizeteamup.com where you can find us and a whole lot more awesome shows. Well, they're not more awesome than us, but they're... Yeah. Oh,